0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Roast West Coast podcast for this week's Coffee Smarter Session. For the very first time, Siri Simran-Kulsa is joining the show as our Coffee Smarter Expert. She's the director of coffee and head roaster at Lofty Coffee, which has locations all over North County, San Diego. You might remember Siri from her season one interview appearance. That was last October, and during our chat, I wrote a little note to myself. It said, future show expert, question mark? I was putting it out into the world, and now here she is. Siri is the first and only person I even asked to fill the role of Coffee Smarter Expert to bring the perspective of a coffee roaster onto this show. And, she is just a fun person to talk to. She's honest and forthright, she's funny, and I'm confident you are going to enjoy her take on some of our coffee questions. Today we're going to cover a topic I've always wanted to understand better. Decaf coffee. How do they do that? At Lofty, Siri roasts an organic decaf called Sunset Blend, but I don't know if the beans come without caffeine in them, or if they do something at Lofty during the roasting process to remove it. Siri digs in to explain Swiss water processing, and to cover some other methods and theories about decaf coffee with us. It's a good show. So good, in fact, that you'll want to head over to roastwestcoast.com and sign up to get the newsletter sent to you when every episode drops. That way you'll never miss one. And if you're on Facebook, you can join our new Roast West Coast Coffee Group to connect with other coffee lovers and even some of the coffee pros that appear on this show. Maybe even Siri. But I should double-check to make sure she's online first. Either way, I hope to see you there soon. And now, it's time for another episode of Coffee Smarter. Because it's all about that decaf, baby. Or not. Siri, welcome back to the Roast West Coast podcast. It's great to see you again. Before I get started asking you questions um, to get us coffee smarter, to learn more about about coffee, I wanna ask about you. It's been a few months, maybe days, maybe years since we've spoken. It's hard to tell with the pandemic, uh, which is hopefully coming to a phase out here since we've had a chance to catch up. How are you doing and, and what is new at Lofty Coffee?
1: Thank you so much for asking, Ryan. Actually, this has been a really exciting few months, uh, both for my own professional growth as well as our teams at Lofty Coffee. Uh, we are opening our sixth cafe at the beginning, mid of May. So uh, these last couple of months have really been like in preparation for that. Um, we're opening up in Carlsbad on State Street uh, in the village. And actually, I'm just getting off a two and a half week intensive training with all of our leadership team, uh, which was about 11 people. So that being our general managers and all of our cafe leads. And we at Lofty are a very um, small but mighty team. And with that, like, (laughs) it means we, we just have to wear a lot of hats. So although my main job at lofty is director of coffee and i'm sourcing coffee and doing quality control and running our roasting program um the last two and a half weeks i've been playing this trainer role which i'm very comfortable in um and really training our leads not only how to do things but then the whys and the ways to teach other people so that has been really fun because I've just been working with a lot of amazing, passionate people who who are really starting to understand and hone in on what it means to create a world class coffee experience, which is one of our missions at Lofty is to create um, something world class and totally San Diego and something completely unique. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so that's what I've been completely immersed in.
0: Well, I'm I'm really personally excited about the new location because I could probably throw a stone into it from where I I sit right now.
1: It's very close.
0: So I'm hoping that can be like, you know, a place that I I'll walk down to you, get a coffee, walk down to steady state, get a coffee. You know, by the time I get home, I'll be shaky and jittery and ready for the day. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. Great news. And now I'm going to just start asking you like these really intense coffee questions so you can keep doing your job when you're not at your job Perfect. because we need this information. <laughs> we, need, we need contact. As I mentioned, I can drink too much coffee. I can more than one in a day, more than one stop. So I want to ask you about decaf. At Lofty Coffee, you guys make a sunset organic decaf blend of beans. And I'm wondering, how do you take a coffee bean and and make a decaf? It's not like a, a decaf grown bean, right? Like it's not a decaf tree or anything. Yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, I honestly don't know. And, and so, how does that process work? From just to take a coffee and and take out the caffeine part of it.
1: Yeah. So I'm. I love this question. Uh, first thing, I think for a while there, there was a bit of a trend in specialty coffee to be like death before decaf decaf sucks um and you know what i i am so fascinated by decaf coffee because the the consumers of decaf are what i'd like to call like the true coffee lovers because they're not drinking coffee to wake up in the morning or to like get that buzz that some of us need to get our day going but they are actually drinking it because they enjoy the flavor of coffee. So with that, when it comes to sourcing, one of my goals is to find really delicious, amazing decafs that are when on the cupping table tastes just as good as all of our other coffees. And at Lofty, yeah, we, we, our decaf is called our sunset organic decaf. And the idea around that is that um, similar to all coffee, it, it is seasonal. And so to, to kind of keep the name similar and familiar to people, that's our name. But throughout the year, um, the origin of the coffee may change.
0: Oh, interesting. Also,
1: another thing. Yeah. So another thing that's interesting about decaf, and uh, I'm not completely familiar with all of the varietals of coffee that might come less caffeinated, but there is this varietal called Lorena, and it is. Is naturally lower in decaf. It's not a hundred percent caffeine free, but com- like compared to reg- like other varieties of coffee, it is a very low caffeine content. So it's almost like a natural decaf. And this varietal tends to be very expensive and hard to find because it is um it's a bit of a finicky varietal, similar to Geisha. And it even has almost geisha-like qualities that it's like very light and tea-like and delicate. But on to like more decaf topics. So there's kind of a few different ways of decaffeinating coffee. Um, And some of the more popular ways, there's one called ethyl acetate. And then there's one that is very popular within the specialty coffee realm, that being Swiss water process
0: and that's the one that I think I've heard of before.
1: Yeah. So the Swiss water process, also precursor to decaf information. All I know about decaf is things I've researched online. And I would say specifically for Swiss water, there's sort of like, no matter where you find, there's like the same language around it. So I feel like I have a good general idea of how it's decaffeinated, but like, there's (laughs) probably so much more that's happening that That unless you're really a part of it um, or you're like maybe learning from someone who's doing some things with Swiss water, they might be a little bit more knowledgeable. But to my understanding, Swiss water, they create what is called a green coffee extract and they create it by soaking beans in pure water. And what that GCE is, um, it is essentially this solution that has coffee flavor and all this stuff in it. And, and then when you're going to uh, draw out caffeine from these coffees, so let's take green coffee beans. Well, they'll put it in that GCE and in that it will start to remove the flavor as well as the caffeine from the coffee beans um, and other compounds and then that that GCE is filtered and they filter out the caffeine using filters and then they reintroduce that GCE back to the coffee beans to reintroduce the flavor and all those nice things we like about coffee. So that is a very brief understanding of what, what's going on with the, with the Swiss water process.
0: So I think I, I think I under I'm following. Essentially, they take the beans, they soak them, they extract both the caffeine and the flavor, and then they somehow put the flavor back into it. Is what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, and when coffee is in that green form and it's soaked in water, it becomes porous. So through that, it's able to kind of exchange the compounds within it um, to that sure. water solution.
0: That's really interesting. So.
1: Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. Uh, I was like just going to say,
0: I always look confused uh, to some extent, but <laughs> since we are we are talking about that the decaf <laughs> part of it, my follow up question was about caffeine, and I think this is something that is is commonly confused, and I know I I don't really have an answer or know the right answer to it, uh, which is with a a caffeinated coffee with just a, a regular coffee being not decaffeinated when the, when it comes to you then in that form and you're going to roast it does the style of roasting or then in a step further the style of brewing impact the amount of caffeine that that coffee will generally have like i feel like some coffees i drink maybe give me more of a kick than other coffees which i really notice because mm-hmm. i don't generally need coffee to wake up in the morning uh, i just wake up in yeah. this confused state and so But I I notice it a little bit more maybe with with certain styles or certain whatever, and I haven't necessarily like taken notes on which are which. But I'm wondering if if you know that the way that you you treat that green bean and then the way we brew it matters.
1: Yeah. So so to clarify, again, the question is the non caffeinated. So regular coffee beans through in the roasting and brewing process is a coffee going to have more or less caffeine.
0: Right. Will it impact the amount of, of caffeine or the amount of, of kick that that bean ultimately has for the drinker? So like you could say I'm going to roast it darker, lighter, medium because I, I feel like I associate caffeine with, you know, medium or light or darker, you know, with the roast style. And that's probably ignorant. Yeah. But I really have no idea.
1: Yeah. No, I actually I I love this question because I think there's a bit of debunking to unpack here. Uh, because I do I do think through some marketing there's been these um essentially some myths made around this and again you know I haven't done the like scientific research on this but I I have theories and to me it makes sense so let's see if it makes sense to you and maybe <laughs> it makes sense to your listeners <laughs> so to my understanding the darker that you're roasting a coffee the more you are sort of degrading the structure of the coffee bean. And in that case, we may be losing some flavor um, and maybe a bit of caffeine in that way. But I think to like really have like remove a lot of significant caffeine, you're probably going to have to roast that thing to, to just absolute <laughs> dust like i don't, i sure. i that's kind of my first theory my second thought is that typically like let's say you have two let's say you have the same coffee and you have a lighter roast and a darker roast so a way that i've thought about it is that if you're roasting a coffee darker those beans because you're kind of degrading the structure of it are going to weigh less so let's say we're dosing out 20 grams of a lighter roasted coffee and 20 grams of a darker roasted coffee, you're going to have more coffee beans in that darker roasted coffee to that lighter roasted coffee. Cause that lighter roasted coffee is a little more dense. Sure. But because they, they have similar amount of caffeine per bean, my theory there is actually the darker roasted coffee might have more caffeine cause you're putting literally more beans into your brew. Oh, that's Does interesting. that make
0: sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's something I notice when I'm grinding beans and I only have one one grinder at home and I'm multiple. So when I switch from one coffee mm-hmm. to the next, sometimes it's noticeable. I kind of cheat and I have like a little marker line on my my little container that catches the ground beans. You know, to like this is roughly how much I usually make before I weigh it out in the morning. Yeah. And it's noticeable that sometimes it'll take... A little bit longer a little bit less depending on the style of of the roast because it's it's literally grinding mm-hmm. through a denser bean than it would have been you know if it were, it were darker roasted yeah. so, which will burn much faster and go through the grinder much quicker and i'm always kind of surprised at how fast mm-hmm. it happens because I, I have a, a pretty yeah. set routine where i can you know hit the button on the grinder go put the toast in come back and sometimes that doesn't work out with a really dark
1: <laughs> roast. yeah yeah So, and then, I mean, now my whole brain thing is then, and then, you know, you have the roast level and the brewing, as you asked, where lighter, lighter roasted coffees tend to be a bit denser. So it's going to take a bit more to extract from them. Where on the other hand, that darker roasted coffee is more porous and more easily to extract. So it's like, I feel that the differences from a super dark roast to even a light roast is obviously there, there are vast differences, but I think if we're gonna talk about exact caffeine content, I don't know if there's as much of a difference as people might theorize. Mm-hmm. And then I also think, what about the quality of the cup maybe makes the drinker feel like they're being more or less caffeinated?
0: Oh, sure, the emotional, the mental impact of it.
1: Yeah. Where also like, for example, espresso, I, I hear this a lot. People being like, Oh, I, I don't want espresso. That's like too much caffeine <laughs> or like that's, that's too much. Um, I'll just have a drip coffee. But remember I was talking about that amount of coffee uh, at lofty coffee. Our, our typical dose for espresso is 19 to 19 and grams of coffee where our pour over is 24 grams of coffee. So In our espresso to our pour over, there's actually more coffee going into the pour over. But there's this illusion because we've made it less concentrated that it maybe is less caffeinated than this really um, concentrated espresso. So, again, kind of this like how concentration plays in this idea of of how caffeinated something is.
0: Sure. I mean, and you think about an espresso being a much shorter burst of of uh, of an experience, right? And you think, well, I'm drinking this coffee over a long amount of time, but it doesn't really matter because your body takes time to process that caffeine anyways. And so you're just, you're yeah. getting more, you know, that could lead down a whole rabbit hole of like hospitality marketing, you know, like when I pick out plates at a restaurant I'm running and go, okay, well, I'm going to get the smaller plate because of the food looks like it's bigger and people are, are happier. Or you could give people more food but if the plate is too big they'll be upset that they feel like they got ripped off because your brain makes these little connections uh in the places that you go to eat or drink well siri uh, thank you i'm just thrilled to have you back on the show it's great to see you again to bring your roaster's perspective and your particular expertise to this season of coffee smarter sessions and i'm really looking forward to seeing you again soon
1: i am too this is such a pleasure i'm having so much fun (laughs)
0: You can follow at Lofty Coffee Co. on Instagram to see Syrian action at work and to see what coffees are coming out of their roastery. She brings a new perspective to the show, and I can't thank her enough for offering up her time and expertise to educate us on coffee, in particular to educate me on coffee. She'll be back throughout Season 2 to cover topics like how the materials your brewing vessel is built out of impacts the flavor of your coffee, and how a roaster creates blends, and what is trending in the industry. And if you were missing Chris O'Brien this week, don't panic, don't panic. He will be back next week to talk about everyone's favorite coffee, Kopi Luwak, the cat poop coffee, popularized in the Philippines. You won't find that kind of hard-hitting coffee talk anywhere else, that I promise you. Thank you all for listening to this episode and being excited for the upcoming episodes of the Roast West Coast podcast. The show will be back next week with an interview with Cheryl Gildner, She is one half of the Renegade Roaster design team, a company that develops and custom-builds coffee roasting machines on the West Coast. If you've enjoyed today's show, tell a friend. It's the best way to help us grow this show, and to make sure we have enough support to bring you a future season. Follow at roastwestcoast on Instagram, and tag us in the photos of your own coffee adventures. And of course, sign up for the newsletter. It's free, unless you want to pay, which some real cool people do. If you're one of them, thank you. And if you just read the articles, thank you for that too. Newsletters come out every Tuesday and Friday when these shows are released. At the end of every show, I ask you to find a local coffee roaster or cafe to buy a bag of beans or a cup of coffee from, because that money will go a long way in your community. And today is no different. If you're in the SoCal area or interested in ordering some SoCal coffee, check out the great roasters and shops that the Roast West Coast podcast has partnered with to help uplift the local coffee community including Leap Coffee, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Steady State Roasting, Camp Coffee, Café La Terre, Coffee Cycle, and Moster Coffee. You can find links to their online shops in this podcast episode's notes, or right on the front of roastwestcoast.com. And know that Cape Horn Coffee Brokers are one of the great adjacent businesses bringing all of this great coffee into the United States. And I don't want to forget about First Light Whiskey. Truthfully, whiskey can sell itself. But give them a shout out anyways. This episode of the Roast West Coast Podcast has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And please, as always, be sure to drink good coffee. Hey everyone, this is Cody from San Diego's first and longest running local beer podcast, Beer Night in San Diego. If you love the local beer community, check out Beer Night in San Diego, available everywhere podcasts are found. Each and every week we bring you great local beer discussion, beer education, news, and tons more with a touch of comedy. Check out Beer Night in San Diego to laugh and learn with us.